today's episode of Daily Musings. I'm Alicia, and I'm here a little bit tired because I was up late last night, staying, um, just watching the election coverage on CBC. I read a lot of internet posting, and I was on Reddit, and I was reading news reports and stuff like that. So I stayed up a little bit late. I woke up a little bit early, and here we are in a totally changed world, a totally changed Canada. Reimagine none of that is true. It is the exact same Canada. It is the exact same politics, uh, business as usual. The Liberals have achieved a minority government exactly where they started before this election. Um, so yeah, basically the long and short of it is you can skip this video if you're not that interested in Canadian politics, but pretty much nothing has changed. I think um, actually a few things have changed, but nothing major. So there were some issues with the Greens. Um, there were some small wins and gains and stuff that, that we'll talk about. I'm going to start by sharing just a uh, an overview. I'm going to head to my computer and I'll share with you who won, how many seats were distributed, how it was distributed across the country, what parts of the country are voting in which different ways. And then I'll get into some of my takeaways. So let's get started. All right, here's what went on last night. Now noted that they're still counting some of the mail-in ballots. So this might not be 100% set in stone. Uh, pretty much we know with a fair amount of confidence what's what though we're seeing out of the 338 writings 323 have been called so there's still a handful left that haven't been decided and they will be soon they're pretty tight races but we kind of know the what's what with um the liberals having 158 seats probably uh, conservatives 119 so very very similar like conservatives i think dropped a couple the liberals picked up a couple um, the block picked up a couple as well um, or probably will the ndp staying about the same a little bit better than they were the greens totally went down in flames uh, we'll talk about that a little bit that's uh yeah, that's pretty much as things stand. But what I really want to take a look at is this big, beautiful, colorful map of Canada. So, you know, those of you who are Canadian, <laughs> this probably is, um, yeah, nothing, nothing surprising to you. But I just wanted to point this out because I know people will watch these videos from other countries. So what you'll notice is the big blue middle. So the Canadian prairies, which comp is comprised of Saskatchewan, which is this big rectangle in which I live, uh, Alberta, which is where the oil fields are, and some of Manitoba, uh, we're the prairie provinces. So geographically, we're above Montana, we're above North Dakota, I'm pretty sure we're above um, maybe Minnesota. I, I'm trying to remember which one's under under Manitoba. But I, I think the mindset is fairly similar from, from what I know. It's a pretty, uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty conservative, very similar to the northern states and how they tend to be pretty conservative as well. So there was no NDP surprises happening here. There was no um, surprise liberal wins or anything. Um, actually, everything is pretty much status quo. BC, as usual, stays highly um, NDP, highly, um, there's uh, like a little bit of liberal action, the territories, of course, same thing. Now this big green, or sorry, it's like a teal color, this big teal patch over here, this is in Quebec. So this is the Bloc Quebecois, this is the specifically French party, and that's why it only has seats in this particular area. You see a lot of this like little dip here, this is um, South Ontario. So. What's happening here is there's a lot of conservative voters in Ontario, but a ton of liberal voters in the um, metro areas. So basically, the metro areas are firmly anchored in their, um, their liberal votes, and that's 
pretty much the main reason um, that Trudeau was able to maintain a minority government. Um, we also had some seats in the Maritimes. So these little island things over here, we have four maritime provinces. We have um, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, we have Newfoundland, Labrador, and we have Prince Edward Island. Um, so these are far, far east. And they're like often, as far as I know, pretty liberal, but um, some conservative flipping happening over here. But again, it's pretty much the same picture it was two years ago. And then finally, just to give you a sense of what's changed, um, basically nothing. <laughs> this is a very, very, there's like one or two seats in either direction that's changed. So as it sounds now, and again, this might change once the votes are totally finalized, um, liberals have gained a seat, conservatives have lost a couple, the bloc gained a couple, the NDP gained one, the Greens lost one, and then other, I, some independent party, I'm not sure um, what that represents, but for all of this hubbub and going through an election, basically nothing has happened. It's worth noting before I get into my opinions, uh, the obvious asterisk that I'm not a news reporter, I'm just a regular person, a regular, regular old Canadian who reads a lot and that's basically it. So take everything I say with a huge grain of salt. Um, my opinion is not as informed as a lot of people out there. So um, so to start, the the biggest... Um, I think the biggest drama or the biggest change that happened this election was the Green Party just getting totally, um, totally destroyed. So I'm not sure what the future of the Green Party is now or if there's even going to be a Green Party anymore. So to back up a little bit, Anami Paul was um, the the new Green Party leader. Now, the Green Party is a really small party in Canada, but it was for, I think, basically the last decade prior to a couple years ago, it was led by Elizabeth May, who's still the, um, the Green leader in her area in British Columbia. Um, she's really cool. She's a really passionate person. She took a party from nothing and got their very first seats under like, so Elizabeth May was able to take, it's very difficult to start a brand new party and get that party any seats at all in parliament. It's, um, it's really, really tough. So the fact that she was able to pull that off, um, it was super impressive, but she did step down because I think she said something like her daughter wanted her to, or she made a promise to her daughter probably because, you know, it's like, mom, I never see you. So, <laughs> so, um, um, she, uh, had anime Paul step in for her, but then of course, as I talked about in the last video, there's a lot of drama unfolding. Now, anime Paul, was really campaigning in her area, which was Toronto Centre. The big disappointment of the night was not that Anime Paul lost in her particular area, where all of the other um, leaders won in their areas. So for example, um, Trudeau run, won his riding. He, he won his seat. Um, so did Jagmeet Singh. So did Aaron O'Toole. Um, so did um, Blanchette. Uh, but uh, the... The People's Party leader and the Green Party leader um, did not win their seats. So they didn't win in their own riding. It's kind of like if you don't win a football game when it's a home game. It's one of those things that's like you're just expected to do it. But not only did she not win, she lost really bad. She got fourth place. It wasn't even like a second place. It wasn't a tight race. In her riding, she had 9% of the votes. So after a stunning defeat like that, Green Party's um, popular vote slipped from, I think, something like 5% to... 2%. So the, yeah, basically people were not voting green, the parties in shambles. Um, I assume anime Paul is going to be done. Um, so that was a big upset for the night. I don't know if the party is going to be able to rebuild itself. 
um, because it was so new and fragile as it started. And I said this yesterday, but I think if you're going to have a, a pro environmental group, um, you need to support nuclear. I can't, uh, it just doesn't, uh, doesn't compute if we're thinking about the future. So um, I know that in the past I have voted green. So there was a, an election, I think it was the one where Elizabeth May won the first seat. Uh, and voting green in Saskatchewan doesn't do anything. It's more like symbolic. Um, but I thought that, uh, oh, cool, here's a platform that's actually like um, taking environment seriously and stuff like that when none of the other parties were really talking about it much at that point. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't vote for green um, because the nuclear thing to me is such a holdout. But anyway, that's all I have to say about that. Now, let's talk about the conservatives. So Aaron O'Toole did not gain anything. But uh, so a lot of people are saying, well, should he step down? Because he's had two elections with his party. That is a really loud plane. And um, in both elections, he's he's failed to basically like defeat Trudeau. He's failed to gain a lot of momentum. But I actually think that there is a little bit of a conservative win happening here. So first of all, the Conservatives did not really gain anything, um, but they still won the popular vote. So still more people voted for Conservatives than Liberals. So there's that. Um, he didn't lose steam. And in the last few years, we've seen a splitting of the far right from the Conservatives. So O'Toole himself is a moderate. He's pretty centrist. And I think that the plan with the Conservative Party is to go a little bit more towards the center, which I think is a very good idea because the Conservative Party is going to have a really difficult time ever shifting the status quo with the Liberals in major urban centers if they are too far on the right. Because yeah, basically like Toronto, like big areas are not going to vote conservative unless there's crazy things that happen, crazy changes of policies. It's just not the direction Canada's headed in. So if you have the Conservative Party go more towards the centre, then all of a sudden they become more of an appealing voting option to people who might otherwise vote Liberal um, because they're not extreme. So what was happening, I think, in this vote is you had the extreme far-righters split away from the Conservative Party and start going towards the People Party's, People's Party of Canada. So what this meant is that the Conservative Party, I, f I feel like, gained a little bit of integrity because you're having this, this split from extreme people out of there. So if I was a Conservative voter in this election, which I wasn't, but if I was, then I would have felt better about it because I would have felt more um, like it, it, it was more in line with my values and that I wasn't just uh, in the ring with a bunch of people who have extreme views on things like uh, gun control and wearing masks and things like that. So I think I think the Conservative Party is moving in the right direction. And um, even with this splitting, uh, like more people going in theoretically going to the far right out of the Conservative Party, um, it probably wouldn't be a substantial amount, but it was enough to make a difference in some key writings. Um, the fact that the Conservative Party was able to hold steady and not really lose a lot of ground was, I, I think, um, a testament to... Um, yeah, I think they did pretty well. So I didn't see it as a loss for the Conservatives at all. I know other people see it differently. So one thing that Elizabeth May said when I heard her being interviewed last night, it really resonated with me and it's been sticking in my head. So yesterday I said that um, a majority government for the Liberals could be of benefit to Canada because we would be able to... Um, take faster action on things like climate change. But Elizabeth May May's point was that she um, thought a minority government is always better. Um, maybe not always. Um, but 
oftentimes better because it means that you don't just have one party dominating. You don't just have one party um, saying, uh, hey, we're going to do this. And then all the other parties get outnumbered. They're, they're bullied out of it. They can't do anything about it. Whereas if you have a minority government, you have to agree. Like there has to be consensus. So this, the premise is that people have to get along. Um, conservatives and liberals have to play together. NDPs and liberals have to play together. Um, because if things don't move in parliament, it's not necessarily because like, oh man, I didn't get the majority government. It's because people are, um, losing the mission and not focusing on what really matters, which is um, Canada, <laughs> not like someone's personal agenda. So I'm seeing this as a win overall because I'm thinking, okay, liberal minority, um, if if the government can cooperate a little bit, if the, um, the NDP can give votes to environmental things and, um, you know, other bills that liberals are trying to pass, I think that'll be really helpful. Um, yeah, I see this as a good thing and that totally changed my view on it ever since I started thinking about it. So a lot can change in a day. And, um, this is just a little side note, but anything that I say is my opinion now, but I don't want to ever become so rigid and inflexible in my thinking that I can't be persuaded of a different point of view if it makes more sense. So, um, not, it's not a wishy-washy thing either. I just... I don't want to get so personally involved in one particular thing, like so emotional that I'm not able to see clearly if there's actually something that does make more sense to me. Um, one other fun fact to point out is that this was a 36 day campaign. Um, I mentioned this yesterday as well, how the uh, USA runs really long elections, as most of us around the world know. Um, but ours was 36 days and it was a $600 million campaign. Okay, a lot of money. Did we really need to spend that money and go through all this hubbub just to shuffle a couple seats and then carry on like normal? Maybe not. But it's just interesting to contrast that with the United States election, the previous one, which I think was something like $14 billion. So huge margins, bigger. Of course, the United States has a bigger population, but not that much bigger proportionately. Um, so one thing, one of my takeaways is I was noticing the flaw, one of the big flaws of the plurality system of voting, the kind of voting we have in Canada and the US, the, the seat-based voting, is that it's a winners-take-all kind of system. You could have, um, if say, say you had the liberals and conservatives, um, and the liberals won every single one of those ridings, but only by like a thousand votes and conservatives were tight second. Um, in this hypothetical scenario, the liberals would get 338 seats and the conservatives would get zero, even if they were like pretty much 50, 50 on, on voting. So this ends up giving us some, some unusual quirks. So one of the, one of the things about it that I'm not a big fan of is that the, um, the Bloc Quebecois and the NDP have a roughly similar amount of seats. It's like 25, 30, somewhere in that ballpark. But NDP has twice the vote. So uh, like twice the popular vote. And when you look at the popular vote, okay, it kind of makes sense that conservatives and liberals would be pretty close seat wise. Conservatives have about 34% of the popular vote. Liberals have about 32%. NDP 18%. And the Bloc Quebecois has less than 10%. So with these numbers, you'd think, okay, the does it make sense to have the liberals have so many more seats than the conservatives to have the Bloc Quebecois have so many more seats than the NDP and so on. So it's just something that I was thinking about. It's a weird little quirk. I don't know enough about these systems to know what's better or what's worse. I just noticed that there's uh, the numbers are um, 
uh, not always uh, consistent with how things are actually playing out in um, on Parliament Hill. So, uh, and then the Greens, I think they had 2.3% of the popular vote. Um, the People's Party of Canada had more than 5%, um, which was a huge increase. They had apparently 1.6% of the popular vote two years ago. So they are, um, they're growing. So finally, just a, a commentary on the NDP and how they did. So they're still nowhere near, like remotely near where they were in the Jack Layton days. Um, but they did, I think, gain a little bit of momentum. Um, so when all the ballots are counted, um, it's not going to be a big win for um, Jagmeet Singh. So I think um, at this point, it's looking like they're only going to have one more seat than they did in 2019. But again, they did decent with the popular vote. And I think the big thing and the big role that the NDP has to play is that they'll actually have quite a lot of clout in Parliament, despite their small numbers. Because if the Liberals want to pass a bill, um, so the Liberals and the NDP are both left, NDP is further left. Um, So if the Liberals want to pass a bill on, say, uh, childcare reform, like a $10 childcare for people, then um, maybe a lot of conservatives are going to block this vote. But the liberals need the NDPs to support them in order to make things actually happen. They need them to get on board, otherwise they won't have the numbers. So even though the NDP has small amounts of, uh, of numbers in parliament, they actually are going to be uh, pretty important drivers in the decisions that get made in the next couple of years. So that's pretty much everything for me just some random person on the internet. So again, take everything with a grain of salt. Um, how do I feel about this all? I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm pretty neutral. Honestly, it's hard to feel anything when you just have uh, the same result that you had a couple of years ago. Nothing's really changed. There was no really big upsets or anything like that. It was pretty much what we all expected to happen. So it raises the question, like, was it all worth it? Um, probably not. Uh, it, it really, really probably wasn't worth it. I think Trudeau was doing well in the polls prior to calling the election, which might have been one of the catalysts for calling the election. But then his um, his popularity uh, dipped because no one wanted this election in the first place. Um, but I'm happy that, uh, like, I guess as happy as I can be, it's kind of like uh, choose from this buffet of mediocre options because you know, we're basically looking at, do I want a liberal leader or a conservative leader? And I have issues with both of them. Uh, They have pros and cons in both ways. Uh, Because even if I voted for any of the other parties, they're not going to be prime minister. So it's sort of like, did I really, do I really, like in an ideal world, do I really want um, Trudeau's liberal government to um, continue on? I don't know. But what is like the real answer? It's like, uh, would I rather have a liberal minority or a conservative minority if I had to choose? I'd probably choose liberal um, for a lot of reasons. But that doesn't mean that's my choice. That doesn't mean like in an ideal world, that's like Trudeau is who I'd want as a prime minister and the liberal party is who I'd want leading Canada. It's just those are the options we have right now. So um, I'm pretty, pretty neutral on it all. So thank you so much for watching today's episode. And I will catch you in the next one.